Welcome to Dear Dual Perspective. I'm Dr. Emma Eaton. I'm a registered clinical psychologist. And I'm Dr. Sarah McFinnells, a policy researcher. So we'll answer your questions from the micro perspective of individual relationship dynamics based on Emma's clinical training and the macro perspective of social trends based on Sarah's policy background. You can submit your anonymous question through the link in the podcast description, and we'll answer one question in each upcoming episode. Welcome back. So this is our second part of a two-parter on friendships, where our last episode was talking about whether to continue a friendship, and this question was addressing how to end a platonic relationship. So this listener writes... Are there graceful or at least respectful ways to break up with platonic connections in sexual slash romantic slash transplatonic contexts? Many experiences and subjective incompatibilities seem like socially acceptable grounds for emotional disentanglement and reestablishing commitments and expectations. But I haven't found an approach to becoming uninvolved with friends or acquaintances that is both gentle and honest when the relationship and personal interest is asymmetrical, especially in situations where the parties in question will continue to appear in my life due to social or vocational circumstances. Many thanks. That was a lot of big words. Uh, thank you for that question, listener. I will start off by noting, and I think I've said this before in uh, previous episodes on the show, that there are very, very few kind of cultural scripts or sort of well-established patterns for managing friendship breakups as adults, like unlike romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. And I was thinking about why are there not like formal or cultural scripts and i think the things that i came up with not totally based on my own opinion and not research (laughs) um, uh, is like one i think friendships are kind of like generally less socially valued right like we haven't bothered to put in any of those things because they're less socially valued and they're also less defined right like Mm -hmm. a lot of what i know from fact that a lot of what i would call an acquaintance my husband would call a friend Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so depending on like how introverted you are how boundary you are a bunch of other things um you might you might call an acquaintance what someone else might call a friend um and so even that initial mismatch like so having that like if i was dating someone and that person was my partner and they and I had spoken about, okay, we're going to be partners. Then we both know what our relationship is and what it's called. That's one of the most awkward parts of mm-hmm. early dating, right? Is when you're like, are we together, yeah. right? Is this exclusive? What is happening? And then it's normal for you to have a conversation yeah. where you're like, what are we? And then blah, blah, you agree on it. And then and then there's a, there's a, there's a starting point yes. from which to be like, let's change how we identify yes. based on these six things or whatever. Yeah. And right? also like, a, like accepted nomenclature in society for Mm -hmm. what you call this person exactly yeah yeah whereas i think even the becoming friends part of a relationship like it's very undefined i did actually recently a couple of people i knew at work um that like we just kept having to work together and eventually we were like I like you. Should we say we're friends now? Yeah. Which, like, it was worth it. It was worth having that conversation yeah. because I could be like, yeah, that person's not just a work colleague now. They're yeah. actually a friend. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, people don't do that. Yeah. Um, and even if you did, I think the bar is lower for friendships. And so it feels like a super huge rejection, I think, to be like, Oh yeah, I don't um, like you enough to be friends with you. Like, the, yeah. no matter how gently you put it or whatever, yes. like, 
it's still going to come across as like, like, mm, I can't even have you at this low bar in my life anymore. Yeah. And I feel like there's, there probably is a script for like, you stole my car. We can't be friends anymore. Um, but like, <laughs> yeah. P.S. Uh, that person, definitely not your friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if it's just like, mm, I, I don't really like, um, the vibes are off. Yeah. That's, that's a weird conversation yeah. to have. I, I agree. And it occurs to me that I don't think I've ever had that conversation. No. So I think that might also be part of this is like a lot of us are not having that. They're not being that intentional or deliberate around early stage friendships, at least. I, one thing that also struck me in this question was this idea of like gentle and honest. And you like sometimes can't have both. Like there's no guarantee that the other person won't become upset with having this conversation. And I think it's important to own that. Like if you're, you can't manage their reaction and you can't necessarily deliver news that might be a bit hurtful, like Emma just outlined in a way that people will be like, yeah, okay, cool. Sorry. I'll carry on then. Yeah. I think, I mean, this is something that I guess I feel a little bit has in common with the previous question in that, like, there's almost a sense that there's an external arbiter mm -hmm. of whether or not you've done enough or whether mm -hmm. or not you, um, like this whole thing, there was a great article about the HRification of friendships yeah. where um, there you can kind of search it online. There's basically been a TikTok video where a psychologist like did this script for breaking up with your friends and it's so cringy. Yeah. Uh, it's like this, you know, I valued our season of friendship, but at this time I don't have the energy to be the kind of friend that you need. Like, yeah, it's just an alarming thing to say to someone because um, we don't have, we don't have a society where we, we do that kind of thing. And also it just, I, yeah, this came up to you in a recent, I think it was front burner episode mm -hmm. as yeah. well. Another great podcast where they were Highly talking recommend. about um, this like way of, of therapy speak kind of working its way into friendships and it is sort of alarming and one of the things that they mentioned was that we tend to interact a lot via screens and via text message and on social media which in some way kind of opens up this low bar of friendship like if we're Facebook friends or if we follow each other on Instagram are we friends I don't yeah. I don't know it might depend sometimes that's a way that you can learn more about people and like deepen your connection or have regular connections with people but they noted in that episode that they were talking about um, how that level of interaction often kind of is dehumanizing as well. You like forget that that's a real person that you're speaking with. For sure. Yeah. And then just kind of going back to like, I guess, why you might do something like that mm -hmm. or you might want to script for something like that. Like it's the concept that like, OK, if I do this breakup well enough, this person won't have a complaint mm. against me. Yeah, I get right? a gold like, star. Yeah, or no one's going to go to, like, the friendship mediator and yeah. be like, mm, this breakup was done yeah. inappropriately. Like, yeah, I'm going to get true. a grievance. Yeah, um, I'm going to get a bad review on Yelp for being this person's friend. Yeah, and, and I think that that's just friendships um, or acquaintanceships or any of those kind of, like, less formally defined friendships um, or relationships are not they're not well it defined enough to mm -hmm. have a reason to have like unless again there's some sort of horrible transgression yeah. um to to have a conversation about changing it mm -hmm. um and that's hard right if you want if you're the kind of person who wants to be able to define those things or it's distressing to you that someone keeps 
reaching out when you like it feels awkward because someone keeps wanting to hang out they keep wanting to go for lunch and you're like oh, i really don't actually have a lot of time and mm-hmm. i don't super want to spend it with you not for any personal reason just look i don't have a lot of time and i'd love to prioritize the people i really care about yeah. um that is just always going to feel like a rejection to them yeah it's true I, something i wanted to key on in the question too is this asymmetry in interaction And there wasn't a ton of context here for what that means to this person, but I think there's like this prevailing cultural sentiment that perfect symmetry in relationships, both like a natural and right thing and something that should be happening. Mm. And we talked about that a bit in the last episode as well. But I think like the ebb and flow of life is that there are times when relationships are somewhat out of sync at points. Um, This doesn't necessarily mean that you should scrap those relationships, but it can be time to like look at what's going on. And bigger, a bigger issue, I think, is that like resentment building because of those asymmetries. And then that could be a time to have a discussion of expectations. <laughs> we're, we're in Sarah's camper and it's possible that there's a squirrel on the roof or something. If you hear some slight tapping, we're not totally sure what that is, but we think it might be a, a raven. Oh, yeah, there it goes. Yep. Okay. Um, so... The other thing that I kind of wanted to bring up is like, yes, if there's been a major transition in your friendship, like they did steal your car or something like that, like, okay, they're not your friend, whatever. But I think um, there has been a lot of things coming out right now that like people are so conflict averse that they're just like, I'm just going to end this friendship because Mm -hmm. this person said this thing and it made me kind of uncomfortable and I just don't want to hang out with them anymore. Yeah. And like. Or they said this thing online that I don't agree with. Yeah. They posted something I find offensive, so I'm just not going to talk to them anymore. And and I think that is really detrimental, one, to, like, society as a whole, but also to, like, our uh, our lives, right? Like, people are, like, lonely. People feel really isolated. It is hard to make friends. It's hard to meet people we get along with. And, like, you're, you know, whether or not you agree on everything or there could have been a miscommunication, like... It's especially if you live in a small town or you're going to run into these people at work, Mm. like it's probably worth just having the conversation and being like, hey, I saw you said this thing online that seemed really different from how I've usually known you. Can Mm -hmm. can we talk about it? I don't think um, I think it's worth making that investment. I'm not sure that it like I'm not saying that this is what this person is saying, Um, but I did want to say, like, given that coming back to vulnerability and how it actually does really build your friendship a lot of times afterwards people are like i'm so glad i had that conversation mm-hmm. um i think that it's worth considering like is this one of those times where i you know it's a tipping point and i could go either way and i just think oh i better just end this friendship like maybe you could have a con- not an ultimatum conversation um but like uh i'm surprised to hear you say that conversation i was interested in hearing more about your perspective on this like that kind of thing i think you know maybe then you don't you're not in a position where you're trying to end the friendship i agree emma i also found something interesting in this question where they were talking about disentangling from acquaintances And I think maybe this is a situation where how this person has defined acquaintance versus friendship is very different from how I would, because I was kind of struggling to understand why that would be necessary. Mm -hmm. Like most people that I view as acquaintances, I like run into them at events or at the grocery store. We have like a pleasant conversation and maybe we set up plans occasionally, but it's not like a regular thing. 
And I do think that this, like, line between friends and acquaintances, which, like, is very fuzzy from a social standpoint, the expectations I have of my acquaintances, which are admittedly very, very low, are probably quite a bit less than this person. So I think that is also something that might be worth looking at for this listener and just sort of thinking about maybe how do you define acquaintance? What do you expect from those people? Is it probably in line from what they would expect from others in that kind of role in their lives? And what do you expect from friends? And maybe it's worth having some of those harder conversations to make those expectations more explicit if you're finding that this is something that's coming up for you a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think probably the last thing that I would want to say is I think maybe post-COVID or maybe this is just a person who like prefers a lot of rules or or, um, shared expectations for life. Um, but I think that it's, it's, it's hard, but actually a lot of these things are not going to be all easily defined by society. Even romantic relationships are Mm -hmm. not something that we all agree on how to do them, right? Absolutely not. Um, and so a lot of this is messy and it's kind of okay. And learning to kind of be like, "Eh, this is uncomfortable, this messy, but I am gonna roll with it, Mm um, is probably the best option in a lot of these cases like there isn't this external arbiter isn't going to come in no like maybe you and I are never going to agree on mm-hmm. what an acquaintance is certainly mm-hmm. I do not agree with my husband on what an acquaintance is and we never will and that's fine yeah you seem to otherwise get along with him just fine so it seems like it's probably okay we mostly get along yeah <laughs> yeah it's that I think that's another piece like like do we need these perfect symmetry and like perfect alignment on perspectives and values in our relationships. And I would argue that you do on certain things, but not on others. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think if there's something where there's a major boundary transgression for you and you really do feel disrespected or you feel like you've already had a conversation with something and mm-hmm. then they've passed that, okay. But a lot of times it's just going to be like, yeah, people are different. People mm-hmm. are weird. I don't know. <laughs> and, and that, like, building up some, I guess capacity around accepting that is probably a good thing Mm -hmm. yeah the only thing i wanted to go back to was this like hrification of friendship thing Mm -hmm. i admit this was a tangent but it was kind of a fun one so i want to go back to it yeah and um emma you had some really good thoughts on like therapy on instagram and like people using a lot of these this language like trauma or boundaries in kind of these more kind of distant context and I wondered if we could maybe get back into that like it seems like that's something that's happening a lot right now mm-hmm. um, and given your background in clinical psychology I want to hear more about it okay well I, I mean this is definitely not something that the original person from the question asked but um, I, I it's like a thing that I personally think is really important and maybe it'll be useful to someone also um, this is our show and so we get to talk about what we want I guess we do I guess we you're right you're right. It is our show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we Stop make the rules. Listening. If you wanted <laughs> only things that pertain to the question. Um, so yeah, basically, I guess what I was thinking about, and, and maybe this is a bit like, you know, maybe I'm doing a bit of self-preservation here because I spent a long time training in my field. Um, and I can see, I have seen during the time that I've been in my field, both people be really, really helped by these theories and concepts and by really great practitioners and also some like less great practitioners or people who like maybe read a thing on Instagram or the internet or like read half a self-help book or something um, and maybe found it validating. 
uh, but perhaps it didn't actually help them in their life or they didn't totally understand the concept. And I, um, I kind of equated a little bit to like medicine, like antibiotics, very helpful in a lot of cases, also very unhelpful in a lot of cases. And if you're taking something or you're reading something or you're agreeing with something just because it makes you feel better, in a lot of cases, that's not helping, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times, um, some things, some treatments are uncomfortable. They're going to make you feel uncomfortable. They might be painful. They may be boring as well. Um, so it's a bit more like physio, right? Therapy, good therapy is a bit more like physio than it is like massage, right? Mm. Because I really wish it was more like massage, <laughs> right? I wish you could just go in, it would feel really good. And then you would leave and you would be like fixed. Um, that's fabulous. But, and sometimes that happens. Um, but a lot of the time it's a bit more like physio, like it's like uncomfortable and tedious. Yeah. Very <laughs> dull. You have to yeah. do some really boring exercises while the therapist isn't even there. Like, it, and you have to keep working on it or things go back to the way <laughs> they were. Um, but it's worth it, right? Like good physio is worth it. Good therapy is also worth it. So it's, it's great that there's some stuff on the internet that people find helpful and, and maybe sometimes that's that's really helpful. I have referenced like little bits and pieces off the internet in this podcast, so I'm not saying that it's all terrible. I'm just saying it's, it's important to be careful with these things, right? Because people can overuse or misuse concepts like trauma or boundaries. We saw this recently with the whole Jonah Hill thing. Um, that actually it's not helped other people in his life. It mm -hmm. certainly hasn't helped him to have mm -hmm. good, honest relationships built on trust and mutual respect, which is ultimately the healthiest thing. Um, and so it's really, really important to if, if you're if you if you're doing enough of this that you think you actually want something to change or you actually need some help, then to get a professional to help you with that. Not because I want to say, like, we're the only ones who can do this. Lots of people can be helpful. Friends and family can be helpful, too. Um, but a really good professional with really good, like, from maybe from a, a good recommendation will probably make you feel a bit uncomfortable in ways that are helping you to grow mm -hmm. um, and not just spend all their time validating you. If you're following an Instagram account because it validates you all the time and it just makes you feel, like, fuzzy, like, that's great. But it's probably not going to change mm -hmm. your life and also if you aren't doing some of that work you are more likely to behave in a way where you weaponize that language against other people as we saw in the whole jonah hill situation yeah it's interesting because he actually had a documentary like it's on netflix mm -hmm. where he's like i went to therapy it was so helpful for me yeah um and i can that. only imagine that his therapist now is like no that's not what i meant mm -hmm. um <laughs> i actually felt really bad for his therapist when i yeah. read that i was like oh no <laughs> You thought um, you won with this one, and you really didn't. Well... Now he's problematic man on the internet of the hour. God, who knows? <laughs> but I, I guess, yeah, there's. it's worthwhile also, you know, thinking about if other people in your life have different opinions from you. Like, maybe it's not that they're toxic, and you should just shove them out of your life. Like, maybe they also have opinions that are, are useful, so... Yeah, I guess I could rant about this for ages. Um, but it is... It's worthwhile, like going to a reputable registered therapist um, and then like taking into account some of the stuff that they they have to say.
That's it for the latest episode of Dear Dual Perspective. We would love to hear from you. You can submit your anonymous question for a future episode via the link in the podcast description. Music for this episode was provided by Coma Media from Pixabay. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Dear Dual Perspective and tune in for the next episode in two weeks. Thanks for listening.